and welcome to Fresh Fusion, a scrum diddly umptious show about the business, the art, the ethics of content creation on the open web. My name is Jared White, and this is episode 72, Sex Appeal, Heteronormativity and White Supremacy in Algorithms. Before we totally get the ball rolling here on that topic, a few items of note. I attended an outdoor jazz festival over the weekend. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, this is the first time I've been to any um, sort of major music event outside since the pandemic. And uh, let me tell you, it was, it was a moving experience. Uh, I, I felt quite elated um, just, just sitting on some grass, watching some, some really quite talented musicians uh, playing some cool music uh, and just just hanging out there in the sun it was it was really something so uh, yeah you know it, it's there's still a lot of stuff that is you know slowly starting to open up and you know a lot of events haven't really ramped up yet uh, I you know there's there's quite a few um, you know shows and conferences and and uh, you know what have you that uh, have are just waiting till next year, you know, rescheduled until 2022. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of meetups are are still just online. They haven't started doing local meetups again yet. Uh, so it's you know it's it's somewhat slow going, and perhaps there's there's uh, some sense in that. But uh, I just it was just so nice. It was so. Um, emotional in a way to to do something that that feels so much like the kind of thing you do in summer and we didn't get to do any of that last year you know summer last year was just nothing because <laughs> we're in the middle of it all uh, and everything was closed and everything had been canceled so so doing something like that this year was really moving uh, all right, so some follow-up from last episode. Uh, I'd mentioned that the latest public beta of iPadOS had been really buggy and kind of disappointing for me. Uh, since that episode, there was a new release, uh, public beta 3, I believe, uh, and it's a little bit better. It seems a little bit more stable, a little bit less funky, uh, having some, some better success with Safari. Uh, so, so I'm hopeful that um, in you know in a relatively short amount of time, the the fact that it's gotten a fair bit more stable is a good sign that uh, in the next public beta cycle, uh, you know the next version or two it will be uh, a lot better. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe at some point I'll be able to recommend you all uh, go out there and and get on the public beta train. Uh, I I would still caution against it at least for iPad, um, but. Um, Maybe soon it'll be okay. I want to talk briefly about the Nikon ZFC. Uh, it's a new camera that will be coming out sometime in the next few weeks from Nikon. And let me tell you folks, I am obsessed. Oh my God, this looks amazing. <laughs> it really looks amazing. And, and not just, you know, when people say something looks amazing because of the specs. Like this camera literally looks amazing. It's just gorgeous. Uh, it's a it's a retro camera design, and certainly we've seen retro camera designs before from from other uh, makers. Uh, a lot of Fujifilm's cameras are are kind of retro styled. Nikon themselves have actually gone retro in the past. They released the Nikon DF, 
has a full frame F mount DSLR camera back in 2013, uh, but the sales weren't that great and it didn't even support video. It was just an image camera, so I think that really hurt sales. Uh, but but this time it's different. The Nikon ZFC is uh, you know using uh, mirrorless camera technology and their Z mount that is on their other mirrorless cameras. Uh, so it, you know the the specs are pretty up to date uh, and it's pretty affordable. And uh, so it looks like you know not only would you get a, a pretty good camera that can also shoot 4K video, which is really great. Um, but uh, but just everything about the design of the camera itself, as well as the ergonomics of the different knobs and the different uh, you know features that you can get to, uh, sort of in a in an old analog film camera style, uh, it it just really looks like they nailed it. E- even the you know the the cool uh, flip out uh, screen that you can rotate around, so it's great for vlogging. Like it it just seems like they they nailed a lot of features on this thing. The looks are very similar to the old Nikon FM cameras from the 70s and early 80s. They're 35mm film SLR cameras, of course. And the thing that gets me so excited about all this is the Nikon FM was itself pretty heavily influenced by the design of Olympus OM cameras. Basically, the Olympus OM-1 camera, which came out in the early 70s, really kind of ushered in this, this design style this the size and the and the the shape and the basically you know what we think of when we think of classic film cameras from the 70s and 80s that uh you know people would be using on mass uh olympus kind of pioneered that and then nikon took that ball and ran with it as did other manufacturers and so when I look at the Nikon ZFC, modeled after the Nikon FM, which in turn was modeled after the Olympus OM series, uh, all I can think of is the kind of cameras my mom used back in the day. Uh, you know, she, she was a camera buff. She uh, just you know, loved photography, and she had a dark room, in fact, and she, she made her own black and white prints in her own dark room. Uh, you know, never got to the point of of being featured in galleries or magazines of of any note. Uh, but she just, you know, she, it was quite a hobby for her. Uh, and even though I never really got into film photography the way she did, uh, I kind of jumped into the the digital age pretty early on. Um, uh, you know, just I, I still have a lot of nostalgia for for this style of camera and the way it looks and the ergonomics of the different knobs and stuff. So I'm just really excited about this Nikon ZFC camera. I'm really hoping to pick up one uh, soon uh, as soon as it's out on the market. And uh, if I do so, it's probably gonna be the kick in the pants I need to start vlogging again. So uh, yeah, one way or another, you're gonna hear a lot about this camera going forward. Uh, One other item real quick, hashtag free Britney. (laughs) I don't know if you've been following all the latest uh, hashtag free Britney news, but uh, it's just been wild. It's been wild. Uh, My my kids are obsessed with this whole story. Um, I myself was never a Britney Spears fan, never actually liked her music at all. In fact, it was kind of a a joke in the household when I was a teenager about how much I didn't like Britney Spears music. Uh, a friend once sent me 
her her album uh the the oops i did it again album they, they sent it to me as a as a joke gift <laughs> I, think it, I think it was from my 18th birthday or something like that uh anyway um yeah so i i've never been a britney spears fan but uh i have been quite uh you know appalled slash intrigued by all the news and it kind of got kick-started by the uh the the uh what was it on hulu uh one, one of the streaming services came out with a with a really good documentary a number of months back all about uh how britney spears was in this weird conservatorship and the way that her you know that she had just been you know trashed by the media and and her seeming mental health issues were were almost generated by the way she was treated by so many people it was just awful uh and the fact that she's just been in this conservatorship for so long where every tiny bit of her life is totally being controlled by other people and and it just seems like her dad is this kind of creepy figure looming in the background like you know his angle does not seem legit so anyway i've <laughs> i've gotten sucked into the whole hashtag free britney thing and my kids have too um in fact my my oldest daughter is is really uh, quite invested in this whole story and you know every time there's a new report about uh, you know for example the the judge that gave Brittany permission to get her own lawyer um, my my daughter is really excited about that and uh, yeah it's just it's something I'm tracking and uh, yeah I, I just you know it seems like uh, you know whatever whatever mental health issues she may have or whatever you know help that she needs you know, from therapy or whatever, like, <laughs> don't we all? I mean, plenty of people need to go to therapy or have mental health issues. And it doesn't mean they're in these weird conservatorships where, you know, literally every aspect of their life down to, you know, if they're allowed to get married or have another child is being controlled by somebody. That, that just seems bananas. Absolutely bananas. So, Yeah. Free Britney. <laughs> I'm with the whole crowd there. Anyway, uh, so for today's topic, uh, this is kind of a weird one, perhaps. But, um, you know, the, the topic is called Sex Appeal, Heteronormativity, and White Supremacy in Algorithms. And this topic came up because I was on YouTube. <laughs> already you know that there's uh, going to be something I'm annoyed by. <laughs> I'm on YouTube. Of course, I'm annoyed by something. Um, but so so to, to set the stage here, a few years ago, and I still don't remember how on earth this happened, but somehow I got into this hashtag van life thing. Somehow I just stumbled across a channel and then, you know, the algorithm took me to another channel and then another channel. And before you know it, I'd subscribe to a bunch of van life channels. And then I got to meet some of the van life people in real life in a, in a meetup here in Portland, which is crazy because, you know, I, I'm going to this meetup of van life people and I don't have a van. Uh, but it's just like, hey, I saw you on YouTube. <laughs> so anyway, that was a lot of fun. But anyway, so I've been into this van life stuff uh, and I've mentioned that a few times on the show. Um, and since getting into that, I also then got into hashtag boat life, <laughs> found some some boating channels, uh, and uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Of course, the pandemic really put a damper on anything travel related, but uh, stuff's starting to pick up again. 
And I'll add links to a couple of my favorite boat life channels in the show notes if you're interested. Um, but basically, earlier today, when I was watching one of these channels, I was thinking, oh, I should I should see if there are any other cool boat life channels uh, that I might want to subscribe to. So I so I literally did a search for hashtag boat life, and the the thumbnails that jumped out at me, you know, the first few uh, rows, and then I'm starting to scroll down and scrolling down. I'm looking at all these thumbnails, and I'm just like, ew. <laughs> It was kind of weird. <laughs> and the more I thought about it, the more annoyed I got about it. Uh, you know, basically, it was just thumbnail after thumbnail of young, beautiful, quote unquote, white people in skimpy outfits. And okay, sure. Yeah, we're talking boat life. We're talking ocean. But like, literally, you're seeing, you know, essentially bikini butts. <laughs> <laughs> and I am by no means a prude. Like no, none of this, none of, nothing I'm going to say has anything to do with prudishness. Uh, I have absolutely no problem with with a beautiful person wearing a quote unquote skimpy outfit. But just the fact that I'm searching for hashtag boat life and all I'm seeing right away is thumbnails of of you know glamorous young ladies in bikini butts. I was like hmm, something about this just feels off. Uh, And, you know, I kind of explored that a bit. And then I thought, you know, what if I search hashtag van life? Uh, That was a little bit better, maybe because, you know, it's less of the the ocean side thing. But um, it was still just heavily weighted towards this very glamorous looking kind of hipster crowd, young white people. And also kind of traditional looking people, if you will, like, you know, uh, there's like couples, uh, there's families where it's, you know, this dude and his wife, presumably, and their little kid. And I don't know, just something about it seemed weird. And all of a sudden I realized, oh, yeah, there's like no older people, no people of color, no, no obvious, you know, like relationships, like same sex relationships or, or, you know, somebody who's trans or like anything like that. It was just this very sort of, uh, you know, just like reality television kind of, uh, conservative kind of, you know, cultural milieu, which is weird because I'm looking at boat life and van life and stuff. And you'd think like, this should be, you know, bastions of alternative lifestyles, right? But no, it's like, you know, pretty much all young white people in their 20s, maybe 30s. If there are any couples, they're hetero couples. Uh, if there's any families, it's a very conservative, traditional type of family that you're looking at. And it was just, it just made me think, like, I think there's a problem with the algorithm. So let, let me walk you through what I mean here. Let's say, you know, if you look at all of the content everyone's putting onto YouTube, that's hashtag boat life or hashtag van life, maybe a lot of the content is young white people because they're more affluent and they have the time to do these DIY projects and, you know, they're not, you know, scrambling to make ends meet, you know, working a minimum wage job or whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't want to throw out stereotypes here, but let's just for the sake of argument, let's say, yeah, a lot of the van life people, a lot of the boat life people are young in their 20s, looking glamorous, uh, white, et cetera, et cetera. 
Okay, maybe that's true. The problem is the YouTube algorithm, presumably the, what it's trying to do is surface popular content because it's popular content. And so that's what they're giving you first. They're giving you the content that's popular. The problem is that this is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If they think they know what popular content is and they put it out there and that popular content gets more popular, then that's the popular content. And it's like, it's like this feedback loop. <laughs> so you go from what is already the majority and it becomes a super majority. You know what I mean? Like, like if let's, let's say for the sake of argument, let's say 60% of all van life or boat life content is young white people, hetero couples, etc. Like very, uh, you know, sort of quote unquote mainstream lifestyles other than the van or the boat side of it. Let's say that's 60% of all the content. When you start searching around, all of a sudden that's like 90% of the content, or at least that's what you see first. And that's a real problem, because it means that the minority content is not showing up. It's, it's getting pushed down. It's getting sidelined. Uh, and that just bugs the hell out of me. I think it should be the opposite. <laughs> I think YouTube should be surfacing the unpopular content, if you will. I think they should be weighting the less obvious, the less clickbaity, the less immediately appealing stuff. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I get, I get the basic premise of, of you know what YouTube tries to do where they think that, you know, stuff that's getting a lot of views and the kind of stuff that gets lots of views, like, you know, obviously lots of people like that. So they should show that first when you search for things. But I just think that that really shuts out a lot of other content, which, you know, from a from an artistic or a cultural standpoint could be great. Uh, and and it makes me think of this quote that you see get thrown around a lot over the years. The best content rises to the top. So just create the content that you love to create and the best stuff will rise to the top. So just don't worry. As long as you create great content and just keep putting it out there, it'll rise to the top. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I don't think algorithms surface the best content at all. This is starting to sound a lot like trickle-down economics, right? <laughs> it sounds great in theory, but you rarely ever see it work in practice. I don't think the best content is rising to the top at all on, on these uh, services, at least not anymore. Maybe they did at one time, I don't know, but I don't think that's happening anymore. I think the most popular content is rising to the top. And what's the most popular content? Well, it's the content that's the most popular. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's it's this feedback loop that's just getting really dangerous. So you have people where, you know, you're forced, you're basically forced to be young and glamorous and stick bikini butts on thumbnails and do clickbaity titles. And you have to go through this whole rigmarole to, to even get noticed because otherwise you don't have, you don't, you basically don't stand a chance. Uh, you know, if if I, you know, don't get into van life for a few more years because, you know, I have young kids I need to take care of and financial obligations, et cetera, et cetera. If, if I don't get into van life stuff until I'm in my mid-40s 
and maybe I'll be single at that point, like I am at the moment, uh, and maybe I'll be a little overweight, like I am at the moment. I don't have a bikini butt. <laughs> so what am I going to do? <laughs> I don't think uh, mid-40s single dudes, uh, you know, make for the best thumbnails. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to say that to complain, but like, if I'm thinking about this stuff, you know, what if I'm a person of color? What if I, you know, have some kind of uh, alternate, um, you know, lifestyle in terms of my relationship or whatever, or maybe I have a disability or, you know, any number of things where you can start looking at, uh, you know, different demographics of minorities uh, in America or elsewhere, uh, you know, how do these people stand a chance? putting content out there that gets lots of views and is popular. Like, how do they stand a chance? Because obviously what is popular is a very narrow demographic. Uh, and that just really bugs me. Again, like, I don't know what the exact ratios are of the content itself. You know, we don't know of, of all the boat life or van life content out there. You know, I, I don't know how much of that is, you know, a particular age range or the ethnicities involved or whatever. All I'm saying is that I think there's a real problem with algorithms that reinforce these sort of uh, super majorities where, um, you know, the, the, the groups that are more privileged than less privileged groups get really, really privileged by the algorithm. <laughs> and the less privileged groups just don't stand a chance, uh, and that I I think I think there's a real problem with that. Um, you know, in the meantime, what's the solution to this, <laughs> right? Like as a creator, you know, if, if you already know that the deck is stacked against you, if you already know that the algorithm is not your friend, what do you do? Well, you know, it's the same advice I always give to myself or anyone. Uh, just stop focusing on this this weird popularity contest. You know, start cultivating real relationships with people. You know, think about how to provide meaningful value in your content. Uh, you know, orient your life in in some way where you know the the satisfaction you get out of what you do is not just chasing views or chasing likes or or chasing uh, you know subscription counts because you know that's that's just the road to madness. <laughs> Unless you're one of a very select, very elite few. Now, again, I, I can already hear the pushback coming my way of like, you know, well, before the days of YouTube or whatever, when it was just Hollywood controlling everything or whatever, like, of course, it was young, glamorous people. And of course, they look a certain way. And of course, it's, you know, the cool kids or whatever. I thought the whole point of everything getting onto the Internet was we could get around these gatekeepers. Like, I don't want to watch a reality TV show on a TV channel about 20-year-old glamour people that have, you know, obviously they have assistants that can spend two hours on their hair. Like, I don't have any interest in those kinds of shows. I, I, <laughs> listen, I'm a hippie. <laughs> I, 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 I have a hippie ethos. Like, I get turned off by the, the super slick, uh, you know, presentation that's out there, you know, in a certain uh, 
type of TV show or or magazine or whatever. Like that that doesn't appeal to me. Uh, so I you know I go on the internet because I want to find different people. I want to find the geeks and the outcasts and the the folks that are in you know alternative kind of lifestyles that aren't mainstream. Like that kind of stuff interests me. And so when I go onto YouTube and I think I'm <laughs> searching for something alternative like van life or boat life or whatever. To see a bunch of stuff come up right at the top that seems like it could, you know, be right out of a reality TV show, very slickly produced with glamorous looking people, uh, that really bugs the heck out of me. To sum up, uh, I, I think there's a real problem with these algorithms. Uh, I don't hold out any hope that YouTube or Instagram or any of these other companies are, are going to make any progress on this. Uh, all, all I know is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go out of my way, both as a consumer and as a producer of content, uh, to find the less popular stuff that's still really, really good quality. Uh, and maybe that's just the way it is. Maybe that's always been the way it is, but, uh, it's a shame. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe at some point, if there are enough uh, people, you know, people of color, people uh, living alternative lifestyles that aren't considered mainstream, uh, maybe if there's enough noise or, about the problems of algorithms in general, uh, you know, we, we've already heard a lot of stories about how, you know, like AI data sets are, are potentially really heavily weighted in ways that are um, perhaps sexist or racist or whatever. Like we've heard lots of stories like that. So, uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of the problem of our age now. These, these black box algorithms and AI data sets and things like that. Uh, you know, are they kind of, you know, making majorities a super majority and causing even more problems with uh, surfacing, uh, you know, minority uh, opinions or content or people or whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe over time there will be progress on that. Uh, but I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm a little cynical on that front. Anyway, uh, to, to end on a positive note, again, I just want to reiterate, you know, for me, like I'm not chasing views. I'm not chasing, uh, you know, subscription counts. Uh, that's never something I'm going to be interested in, uh, Hopefully, I will start vlogging again. Uh, this Nikon camera gets me really excited about that. But when I do start doing that, uh, you know, I'm totally not going to obsess about thumbnails and captions and trying to do dumb clickbaity stuff. I have absolutely no interest in that whatsoever. And if that means I only have a channel with a few hundred subscribers instead of, you know, 50,000 or whatever, so be it. So be it. I I'm, I'm just not interested in playing those games. Uh, and, you know, thankfully I'm in a position where, uh, you know, I can work in jobs where I don't have to care about that, you know, for, for someone who's trying to, you know, be full-time on YouTube in some way, like, I guess that's part of the job. Uh, but I just think it's a real shame to, to have to obsess over that stuff. I, I don't want to, uh, and I really encourage you, anyone who's listening, you know, in, unless you currently have a full-time job being a creator on YouTube or whatever, where you have to obsess over uh, playing all those ridiculous little games of, you know, thumbnails and captions and, and clickbaity stuff. Uh, if you don't have to do that, then don't. Just don't. <laughs> you don't have to. Uh, you can just be true to yourself and be true to your content. You know, listen, uh, 
if if your video is you know the top 10 greatest watering hole spots in some territory or whatever and it's all about you know jumping in pools and swimming around and you have uh you know the bo- a body that looks great in a bikini then of course you're going to want to do that like no problem that's fine <laughs> put on that bikini get a great picture of yourself put that in your thumbnail that's fine that's wonderful but all i'm saying is you know going out of your way to you know to create these ridiculous thumbnails and to create these goofy captions and all this clickbaity stuff and trying to juice the algorithm and and you know just chase those views and stuff i i just i i don't think you know sure it's not necessarily a moral issue but i definitely think it's an ethical issue and that's the kind of stuff we talk about here on the podcast so i wanted to bring it up all right if you have thoughts on this if you disagree with me or you agree with me if you have comments uh, please hop over to twitter you can find me there at jared c white and you can also find my website at jaredwhite.com where there are episodes of this podcast and a whole lot more Thanks for listening, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.